Hi, this is Edwin Crozier from the Franklin Church of Christ again. I've got an exciting lesson for you tonight. Wouldn't it be great to get to spend a half hour with one of the Bible characters and just find out how they would teach us to live and what advice they would give us? That's exactly what we're going to do in this lesson. We're going to take a look at Philemon. We're going to look at the letter written to him and the man that is described in that letter and learn what Philemon would teach us if he was able to spend about 30 minutes with us. As Jimmy so graciously pointed out, that that was his mistake this morning, not mine. That made me feel a lot better until I looked up on the slide and noticed that the lesson that was presented was a half hour with Barnabas. And I hope that some of you recognize that we already spent a half hour with Barnabas. That's not tonight's lesson. Tonight's lesson is a half hour with Philemon. I like doing that so much, I thought we'd look at another character, especially considering Philemon. I mean, when, when was the last time you heard a sermon on Philemon? Can anybody remember? I had a Bible class on Philemon. Mark can remember one. Very good. Uh, how long ago was it, Mark? Just had a Bible class on it. That's because you're going through epistles in the high school class. Very good. So, all right, any of the high school kids, how come you didn't raise your hands? But other than that, I mean, just how often do we talk about Philemon? Not that often. Maybe every once in a while in a sermon we get some kind of reference to the book or to the person himself. But really, if you take a look at this little book, 25 verses just stuck back here where all these books are really close together and you can just flip right over it, what we find is actually one of the greatest examples of Christian character that we can find in the entire Bible. And I just want you to think what we might learn if we were able to sit down with Philemon for just about 30 minutes and learn from him how we ought to live as a Christian and how we ought to conduct ourselves in a way that is above reproach and is blameless and is right in the sight of God. We're going to spend some time with Philemon tonight. But before we do that, would you bow with me in prayer? Our great God in heaven, we are so thankful for your love and your mercy. We're thankful for your grace that's allowed us to be here tonight to worship you with the saints. We're thankful for your word that provides us with guidance and insight into your will. Father, we're thankful for the characters in the Bible that we read about who are our examples. We're thankful for Philemon and for the example that he sets for us. We pray that you would help us to have hearts open to his example, that we will see the kind of man he was, and that we'll strive to be Christians like him as he imitated your son. Father, we pray that we will live according to your son's example, that we'll recognize him as our greatest example, and that we will not compare ourselves to ourselves or to one another, but compare ourselves to Him and ever press on to that goal, looking to the cross and remembering His life and His death and His resurrection and striving to live according to that. Father, we thank You for forgiving us because we know we've fallen short of that in so many ways. And we thank You for the mercy that You have provided through the blood of Your Son. And we pray, Father, that we'll never take that for granted, but that we'll always look to You and be thankful and count the blessing that we have there. Father, be with us tonight. Help us to understand Your will and Your Word. Through your Son's name we pray. Amen. The big question that we're going to be asking as we spend some time with Philemon tonight is, what kind of person are you? Are you a person like Philemon? Do you live like Philemon? If Philemon was going to talk to us about how we ought to live, what might he say to us? I think the very first thing that he would say to us is that we need to live so that others can be thankful for us. In Philemon verse 4, 
Paul, as he's writing to Philemon, says, I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers. Let's not slide past that statement. I think that's very important. Here is Paul the Apostle. A man who is busy traveling of the known world, spreading the gospel, teaching the faith. And when he stops and he says his prayers and he mentions to God the ones for whom he is thankful and the blessings that he counts in his life, what he said was one of the blessings for which he thanks God is Philemon. That to me is impressive. And that makes me think about us. Do we live in such a way that if this had been us, if Paul had been writing to us about Onesimus and wanting us to take our slave back who had become a Christian while he was in Rome, would Paul have been able to say to us, I thank my God always for you, making mention of you, making mention of you in my prayers, always. Do we live in a way that people count it as a blessing to know us? Perhaps it's hard for us to put ourselves in those shoes way back there thinking about Paul. So let's think about today. What about the the leaders in the congregation? What about the elders? Those men who are leading the congregation and shepherding, are we living in such a way that, that when they count their blessings, they can think of us and say, I thank my God always for you. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, the Hebrew writer wrote, Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief. For this would be unprofitable for you. We're supposed to live in such a way that our leaders, our shepherds, the ones who are spreading the gospel in our lives and teaching us, can be thankful for us and not have a lot of grief because of us. Philemon would tell us, live in such a way that others can be thankful for you and count you as a blessing. The second thing I think Philemon would say to us is don't wait to be commanded to do what's right. You flip back over to the epistle to Philemon. In verse 8 and verse 9, Paul wrote to Philemon saying, Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper, yet for the love's sake I rather appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, and know also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He says, I have enough confidence in you to order you to do what is proper. He says, I know that if I tell you, if I just appeal to you, that you'll do what is right. You don't have to be commanded. Paul said to Philemon. What about us? Are we the kind of people that have to wait for a command to do what is proper? Or will we do what is proper simply because it is the proper, right, and fitting thing to do? By the way, if you've got the King James Version, I know, I believe in your translation it says there, you'll do what is convenient. I want to make sure you don't misunderstand. The word convenient there does not mean what is easy. We find the same word used in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4, Paul wrote, There must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting. Or if the same translation the King James has there in Philemon were applied, which is not convenient. It's not talking about that which is easy and quick. It's talking about that which is fitting and right and proper. Another passage, Colossians 3 and verse 18. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18, Paul says, Wives, be subject to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord, the New American Standard says. 
That's that same word that King James translates convenient in Philemon. It's not talking about that which is easy and quick. It's talking about that which is fitting and proper, which is most right. And so the question is, what kind of person am I? Am I the kind of person that does what is right just because it's right and I can be relied upon to do the right thing? Or am I the kind of person that has to receive a command? Am I the kind of person that says, where is the command that says I have to do that? Or where is the thou shalt not? That's what I want to see. If there's not a thou shalt not, just leave me alone about it. Or if you can't find anywhere in the Scripture where it says, I have to do this, then just back off. What kind of person are we? Philemon was an example. And he was a person that Paul said, I don't have to command you, I can just appeal to you to do what's right. And I know that you will do what is right. In fact, the third thing that Philemon, I believe, would say to us is live so that others can be confident in you. There in verse 21, Paul says, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. Paul was confident that Philemon would do what he said. Consider the situation. Philemon had a servant who had fled and gone to Rome. And while in Rome, he had become a Christian and Paul was sending him back. Onesimus had broken the law. He deserved punishment. But Paul was sending him back saying, look, you need to accept him back as a brother in Christ. If he's done anything wrong, if he owes you anything, lay it against my charge. And what he says is, I know, Philemon, you will do it. I'm confident. In other words, what Paul was saying is that if somebody comes here to Rome and says, you'll never believe what Philemon's done. He is over there beating Onesimus. Paul wouldn't believe them. Because Paul was confident that Philemon would do what is right. What about us? Can people have faith in us? Can people trust us? Can they be convicted that if they hear some rumor about us, that they'll be able to say, I know that's not true. Because I know them. I'm confident in them. I know that they will do what is right and even go beyond that. That's the kind of man that Philemon was. That's the way Paul viewed Philemon. Wouldn't you like, if we were there with Paul, that he could say all of these things about us as well? That I'm thankful for you. I know you don't have to wait to receive a command. And I'm confident that you'll do what's right. How can we have those characteristics? How can we live like Philemon? Well, I think Philemon would tell us some things about that. How to do that. How to accomplish those three goals. And the very first thing that he would say is you've got to pursue love. If you want to be somebody in whom folks can have confident thanks that you'll do what is right, then pursue love. There in Philemon, and verse 5, beginning in verse 4, Paul said, I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers, because I hear of your love. Why could Paul have thankful confidence in Philemon that he would do what is right and didn't have to wait for a command? Because he knew that Philemon was a man of love. We've studied our Bibles enough to know that this agape love is described and defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This was the kind of man that Philemon was. 
He was a man of patience. He was a man of kindness. He wasn't jealous. He wasn't arrogant. He was a man that never behaved unbecomingly. He was a man that did all of these things. Because he was a man of love. And because he pursued this course of life, Paul could say, I'm thankful for you. Because he knew of Philemon's patience and kindness. Because he knew of his manner of life and love, he could say, I'm confident in you. I know you'll do what's right. I know I don't have to command you. What about us? Do we pursue love? Do you want people like Paul, like the elders, like your brethren around you to be able to say that they are thankfully confident in you? Then pursue love. Because without that, folks will not be thankfully confident in you neither now nor in eternity. But with it, people will say, that person is a blessing in my life. The second thing that Philemon would say to us is hold on to faith. In Philemon chapter 1, verse 5, he said, not only because I hear of your love, but of the faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Philemon was a man of conviction. Philemon was a man who knew what he believed and he knew why he believed it which is a rare commodity often today. Far too many people don't really know what they're supposed to believe, and even the ones that know what they're supposed to believe are not always sure why we're supposed to believe it that way. But Philemon was a man of faith. He was a man of conviction. He was a man who believed in the Lord Jesus, and he believed Jesus. He believed in God, and he believed God. And Paul had heard of his faith. And because Paul had heard of his faith and heard of his conviction, Paul was able to say, I thank God for you. I'm confident in you. I know that you'll do what is right and I won't have to command you, but simply appeal to you. Because Paul understands that faith and conviction produces a change in life. When a person believes Jesus, not only believing in Him, but believes Him, that person changes the way he acts to live according to the will of God. It makes me think of 1 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 11. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 11, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? You see, Peter recognized that when we have conviction in God and in His will and what He says is going to happen, that changes how we live. When we live according to our conviction in Christ, we live with holy conduct and godliness. Do you want to be a person that others can be thankfully confident in? Then hold on to faith. Believe God, believe what He says, and do what He says. The fourth thing that Philemon would say to us is work hard. As Paul addressed this letter to Philemon, verse 1, he says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker. Well, i got to tell you, for Paul to call somebody a worker, that means something. Paul was no slouch. Paul had high standards. This is the guy who wouldn't even travel with Barnabas anymore because he wanted to bring John Mark, who had abandoned him back. And when he looked at Philemon, he said, here is my fellow worker. 
That tells us something about Philemon. It goes on in verse 3, we find out, excuse me, at the end of verse 2, after he said something to Athia, our sister, possibly Philemon's wife, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, maybe a family member, and to the church in your house. I believe what this means is, is that Philemon, where he was, there was a congregation that was meeting in his home. He was providing that kind of service to the brethren there. They needed a place to meet, and he was providing it. And then in verse 7, Paul talks about Philemon. He says, I've come to have much joy and comfort in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. The hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, he said. That's the kind of worker that Philemon was. He was busy refreshing and comforting and helping the saints. What all might be included in that? Hospitality? Teaching? Words of encouragement? All the kinds of things that we ought to be doing as we strive to refresh others and encourage others and work. Philemon was a worker. He was a hard worker. Do you want folks to be thankfully confident in you that you'll do what's right? That you don't have to be commanded? That you'll do what's proper simply because it's the way it ought to be done? Then be a hard worker. But then Philemon would also point out that we need to kick it up to the next level. He said you need to go the extra mile. There in verse 21, having confidence in your obedience, Paul says, I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. Paul was not only convinced that Philemon would do what he had said, Paul was convinced that Philemon would do more than what he had said. Philemon was a hard worker because Philemon was somebody who would go the extra mile. He wouldn't wait and find out what the minimum requirement is and then put that out. He would do more. As Matthew 5, verse 40 and 41 in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, verses 40 and 41. Jesus pointed out there, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go another. That was the kind of man Philemon was. When there was a need, he would do it. And he wouldn't just do good enough, he would excel and he would go the extra mile. Work hard, but don't just do what's required. Do more. Don't just settle for what everybody expects from you. Go beyond that. Challenge yourself. Be like Philemon. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10 tells us that is how we can be like Philemon. But somebody says, well, now wait a minute though. The minimum requirement, just what God asks of me, that's all I have to do. Well, yes, I guess in a sense, just what God requires of you is all that you have to do, but there's a little problem. Whenever you have the mindset of, I'm only going to do the minimum requirement, whenever you have the mindset of, just show me where the line is, and I won't cross it, but don't say anything to me when I get too close. Whenever you have that mindset, you've suddenly become blinded. And if that's the thinking that's going on in your head, I guarantee you, you will not draw the line in the right place. You will not understand what God's minimum requirements are. Because whenever you have that mindset, guess who you're focused on? On yourself. When you have the mindset that says, I am going to do just the least that I can do to get by, now you're focused 
Not on convenience as Paul was using it here in the King James in this verse. But convenience as we like to think of it. The fast food variety. The whatever I can do easiest, quickest. And you're thinking about yourself. And when that's what you do, you won't think about God and you won't do things God's way. But be like Philemon. And go the extra mile. When minimum requirement equals maximum output, you've stumbled on the formula for failure. But when you go the extra mile, that is when people can be thankfully confident that you will do what is right. And that when they pray to God for the blessings in their lives, they'll be able to say, God, I thank you for my brother or my sister. And they'll be able to use your name. Just like Paul was able to do with Philemon. You want to be a man like Philemon, in whom folks can be thankfully confident? They don't have to wait to be commanded. They'll just do the right thing because it's the right thing. Then pursue love. Hold on to faith. Work hard. And go the extra mile. If we were able to sit down with Philemon and just talk with him about how we ought to live as a Christian, I think these are the things that he would say to us. Because these are the ways that he lived. And so now the final question is, are you what Philemon was? What kind of person are you? What a great man Philemon was. What a great Christian, an example of Christian character he was for us. Let's remember what we learned from Philemon. Philemon would tell us, first, that we need to live in such a way that folks can be thankful for us. Second, we need to live in such a way that we don't have to be commanded to do what's proper. Third, we need to live in such a way that people can be confident in us, that we'll do what's right. How do we accomplish those three things? Philemon would tell us, First, pursue love. Second, hold on to faith. Third, work hard. And fourth, go the extra mile. What an example Philemon has set for us. If you have any questions about Philemon or about any other character's example for us, about Jesus, about what Jesus has done for us, about how to have your sins forgiven in Christ, give us a call at 615-794-2359. Or you can contact us through our website at www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. If someone's given you this sermon and you'd like to hear more, we invite you again to come to our website at franklinchurchofchrist.com, go to the sermons heading, and you are free to download as many of the sermons as you would like. We have audio format and outline format. Download them, listen to them, study them, share them with others, whatever will help benefit you spiritually and help glorify God here on earth. We appreciate you taking time to study God's Word with us, and we invite you to contact us if you have any questions. 615-794-2359. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. But more importantly, may you richly bless God.